Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart, and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. In our previous time together, we talked about the fact that your will plays an enormous role in the spiritual life. You cannot just be a kind of a passive person and expect God to entirely do everything for you, in and through you. Your will is the gateway for the Spirit to work through you. And apart from your will, apart from your agreement, Apart from your Amen, the Spirit of God will not shove Himself down your throat, if you will. So we've established that in our previous session. You, um, at one time, it was so easy for you to choose for the things of darkness. It was so easy for you to choose only the things of death and of self. But now that you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have to use your choice to keep on choosing the things of God. It's not just an automatic that if you've chosen God once, uh, this is a done deal, you never have to choose again. It's similar to marriage. You say yes in marriage every day. People even would ask me, what is the secret to marriage? Um, At a bare minimum, it is a fresh and renewed yes every single day. In our time together, I want to clear up a potential misunderstanding. In our previous speaking, I wanted to impress you with the fact that your will is now freed up to choose again for God, but you're still under the prompting of God. That is, God initiates things in the Christian life, God leads, God speaks, and I respond to him. I use my will not to choose darkness anymore, but I use my will now to exclusively obey God and to choose God. And this is this is the normal Christian life where God gives and I receive. God leads and I walk this out. I am 100% under the leading of God even though I have my will. I don't just use it uh, whichever way I want. It's still not about me, even though I have my will. My will now is being regulated by God. So I don't use my will to attain to anything in God, but I use my will to partner with God. Again, God stirs me. God woos me. God leads me and compels me, and I use my will to say yes to that. But what many of us now do, and I certainly have done this a lot, is I begin to choose what I think God wants from me. We have this example in the Old Testament book of Leviticus, where Aaron's sons brought incense to God that they thought God would want. And so they 
mustered up their will. They put some incense in a bowl and they brought that to God and said, God, here is an offering of incense. And we saw there in the book of Leviticus that God struck them dead. He did not want their own initiative, their own um, imaginative idea of worship. It's that your will is supposed to be a responder to God's initiative and your will should not be an initiator in and of itself. And so I've been guilty of this a lot in my walk with God where I think God wants this from me, but really I'm still out to prove something to God. There is still a measure of insecurity in me, so I'm going to maybe try to pray through the night to show God I really mean business. So I, 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 I muster up all the courage of my will, and then I choose. And sometimes I choose even good things. And, but all the while, I'm trying to attain through self-choosing, through self-effort. It's good choosing. It's beautiful choosing. But the source is still my own initiative. And it's that little subtle difference that I want to clear up today. Again, can I say that the normal Christian life is a life where where God initiates, and I use my free will now to choose God. The Christian life is not me choosing what I want to do for God and then asking Him to bless it. I choose to go left. Oh God, would you please come and you know, just endorse my going left or my going right. No, your will is still not for yourself. Yes, it's your will. Yes, it is your choice. But your will is to be merely a responder to God. And by responding to God, you obtain what God has for you. But many of us, we use our strong discipline, our strong will and imagination, what we think God may want, and then we work for it. And and we just stick it out. And we try ever so valiantly and hard to bring God this bowl of incense, this, this sacrifice, this service. And I will myself into the favor of God. And I will myself into proving to God that, that I'm a good boy. But really, in the end, I use my will to attain to things in God. And it's that subtle difference that makes all the difference. So yeah, God has given us back our choice. But our choice is only in response to Him. I trust you can hear my heart. God is still the initiator of the Christian life. He still calls the shots. He still leads. Don't think because you have your will back, um, God can now be relegated to the back seat again and it's up to me. No. More than ever, my will is now to be subservient and compliant to the Lord's prompting, to the Lord's calling, to the Lord's initiative. Let's explore these thoughts and some more in our time together. Okay, so we need to balance our words for just a minute, lest I am misunderstood. Francois, are you saying that God restored will back to me? Yeah. So, Francois, are you saying then, um, 
my choice is so mine that I can just do what I want, when I want, how I want? And can I just will myself into the things of God? No. No. By God restoring choice back to you, the choice is entirely to be in correspondence with His prompting. And where God don't prompt, don't choose. You don't will yourself, oh, I'm going to discipline myself into the things of God. No. Your spirit will pick up on the prompting. But God has given you a capability in your choice to choose the prompting. But do not try to engage the things of God without prompting, because then you become religious. When your spirit is not in life, then your mind is going to tell you what to do, what is good versus evil, what is right versus wrong. And then you choose by your will, and yip-de-doo, you become a Pharisee, a religious expert who can will yourself into fasting and will yourself into Bible knowledge and will yourself into morality. And all the while, you don't give glory to God you become self-righteous. See, the Pharisee also chooses. And the spiritual man also chooses. But the spiritual man chooses by the spirit that hovers over him. Can you follow with me? The Pharisee, he's not alive unto God. He doesn't have the tree of life and the river fountain of life in him. So there's no prompting. There's no new heart It's just sheer grit, determination to obey. And of course, the Pharisee chooses not to sin. And of course, the the spiritual man also chooses not to sin. Both chooses. But the Pharisee, upon the completion of his choice, becomes inflated with pride. Upon the completion of his choice, self-righteous. And then all the more condemning over those who didn't choose like I chose. See, both chooses. But where the spiritual person, he experienced in the choosing a partnership with life. And life anoints his choice. Life empowers his choice. The Pharisee just chooses in a religious way. And this is what many of us, if not all of us, have done. I'm going to choose to pray. Okay, that's it. Every morning set your alarm to 6 o'clock. I shall pray. Well, the Pharisee does the same. And Jesus even told a story in the Gospels. He said, the Pharisee prayed thus with himself. Lord, I thank thee I'm not like that tax collector. The key of that story was the Pharisee prayed by him. (laughs) He had no fellowship with God. His fellowship was only with his morality. Oh, I'm going to pray every day, fast twice a week. Because that's what I think God would want. So you make up in your mind what you think God wants from you. And you, with sheer determination, fast for the 40 days. Well, God never prompted you to fast for the 40 days. You just did it because it's everybody's custom. You're trying to prove yourself. Choice can do any... Like people by their choice have climbed Everest. Excuse me, blind. 
by choice. Your choice can do anything on this planet by choice. People have gone to the moon by choice. And even a religious person, he loves to choose. But he chooses that prayer life and that fast life. And I'm going to memorize this Bible and I will go to such a country to go save these pagan heathen. But what happens is there's not a partnership of his choice with the prompting and calling and purpose and anointing of the Spirit. So that choice becomes a very rigorous, mandated custom, tradition, and a mechanical, formulaic way of living. And with it comes self-righteousness or self-condemnation. And with it comes a judgment against those who cannot choose this way. A pride comes with it. But a person that is spiritual, that is, he leans into the Spirit. <gasps> he feels the Lord wakes him up to pray. Oh, Lord. Ugh. You just know God wants to walk with you now. You just know the Lord is calling you to sit down and read. Or He's calling you to go and ask forgiveness. Or He's asking you to give all of this or to go to that place. Or, You know what I'm saying? Right there, the Spirit burdened you. You got a choice. Oh, God. Okay. All of a sudden, you said, okay, what happens to you? You're hit with a power. We call it the anointing. It's like Mary. When she said, okay, Lord, boom, the Spirit impregnated her. She conceived. What comes first? The angel came and said, this is what God wants to do. That is the prompting, the drawing, the hovering, the wooing. Yeah? Then Mary tries to argue. Eventually, she takes a choice. Okay, yes, Lord, or yes, angel, Gabriel. No sooner did she say yes than the Holy Spirit is there to anoint the seed of Jesus Christ into her. A spirit man fasts and prays, but he does it by a different energy, power, if you will. Can you follow with me? The Christian life is not that tricky. You just live your life and feel the river in you push you this way, pull you that way. And you choose to just partner with it. And no sooner do you choose then the Lord anoints you. For example, let's say you come here in the morning to, to pray with all these hooligans. And your mind is saying to yourself, well, I can't pray. I don't have a great vocabulary. I don't know the Bible. And your feelings are like, oh, I just don't feel like it. So I'm going to keep quiet. Yeah, you all know what I'm talking about. Then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God is here, and He just knocks at your door a little bit. Of course, He doesn't kick down your door, right? He gently knocks. What, what does He want from you? Not understanding how you're about to pray. God doesn't want to give you feeling, oh, I feel like praying today. Yep, they do. 
He just wants your choice. And you're standing perhaps here. I'm, I'm using a simple example. You're standing here, and you're like, okay, God. <laughs> and you start praying. And as you pray, all of a sudden, you begin to feel it. Ooh. And the Spirit is anointing your emotion, and you get more passionate. And the Spirit is anointing your mind, and you begin to see visions and dreams and see pictures, and you begin to like pray according to that. And the rest of us, we stand here like, who taught you how to pray? Who taught you how to prophesy? And speak words of wisdom. And Who did this for you? Who did that for you? Your choice in conjunction with your spirit by the Holy Spirit. There's a partnership. So notice carefully how I write this. And I want to ask that that bold section, I want everybody to say it with me. And I'll read the rest, okay? Here we go, number one. Engage your new spirit in conjunction with your... To audibly call on the Lord in prayer, both privately and corporately. Well, I'm just not a good prayer warrior. Welcome to the club. But you have choice, do you not? So, stir your will, or shall I say, stir your spirit with your engaged will and see what happens. Number two, engage your new spirit in conjunction with your will to inwardly and outwardly praise the Lord. To praise the Lord can be a quiet interaction with God, but it can more often involve passionate aspects of demonstrations like shouting or singing or dancing or kneeling. Saints, God's not going to raise your hand. Who raises? Who's in charge of your hand? You are. But you will feel the Spirit prompting you to raise your hands before God in a gesture of adoration and in a gesture of surrender. But God doesn't like magically... He doesn't. You raise your hand. And no sooner do you halfway lift up your hand than you feel just your heart explode and all of a sudden there they go. Two hours later, the hands have not come down yet. (laughs) The Lord is wanting you to worship Him in spirit and in truth. He's wanting you to walk with Him, to sing, to pray. He's wanting you to dance. But you say to yourself, I'm not a dancer. I don't, I don't feel like dancing today. Or shouting out loud. But that's why you have to make the choice. And when you do, and all of a sudden start dancing for the Lord, boom, there's the breakthrough. Boom, there's the anointing. Number three, engage your new spirit in conjunction with your will to daily pray read the Scriptures. Reading the scriptures with your spirit, attuned and engaged, will enter you into the reality of the text and not just the explanation thereof. I just don't feel like reading the Bible. Dude, choose. As soon as you feel that prompting to just open it up, obey the prompting. Don't get all religious. I shall read my Bible every day. 
But if you walk in the Spirit, the Spirit will prompt you just about every day. Are you with me? Don't do it as a pure discipline in the flesh. Do it in prompting to the Spirit. And when the Spirit prompts and you obey, there's the anointing for you to understand. So simple. I love being a Christian. It's the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. Come on, humor me a little bit, y'all. Y'all are way too serious. Number four. Engage your new spirit in conjunction with your will in times of reflective writing. That's my way of saying journaling. I just thought it was a lot more spiritual. Right before the Lord, kind of like Hugo writes his poems. He's feeling a prompting. But then you've got to choose to pick up a pen. And as you choose and you partner with the inner prompting, all of a sudden words flow out and ideas and concepts. Most of you want God to just give you the thorough download before you act. I say no. God only gives you the prompting and say, go to that mountain. Okay, yes, Lord, let's go. And three days later, you get to the mountain. Let the Lord prompt you, obey quickly, and then comes the details. So yeah, write in the Spirit. Journal. Engage your inner man. Number five, engage your new spirit in conjunction with your will to regular times of soaking before the Lord. So, soak is not in the Bible unless you read the message, but here it is. To soak is another way of saying waiting on the Lord, receiving from the Lord, being impressed by the Lord, contemplation, if you're more mystically prone. To either wait in silence or to wait with musical accompaniment Compliment is irrelevant. Having your spirit engaged is the quintessential issue. Go on those walks with God and go be still. Turn off the radio. Turn on the radio. But don't do it out of rote discipline. Do it out of promptings. Learn to obey your inner man's prompting because that's the contact with God. Then you engage your soul particularly the will, and then it comes to your mind and your emotions. Number six, engage your new spirit in conjunction with your will to often retreat into solitude before your Lord. Disengage from the rat race of life often by taking those walks, enjoying nature, even sleeping. Did I just say that? That's a typo. I did not mean that. That was. Sometimes the Lord may just prompt you to lay down and take a chill pill. And you want to stress and be anxious. You got to choose to lay down and be quiet. God don't make you quiet. You choose to be still before the Lord. Are you with me? (laughs) So sleeping can be a very spiritual thing. By the way, the best way to fight the devil is not to shandai. It's to shadai. (laughs) When you ignore the devil, 
you're in spiritual warfare at the top level. The best way to ignore the devil is just when, it's just to like sleep. And I get that, I say it in a humorous way. There is a story of a missionary. I think I know his name, but it's a, it's a little bit just of a story of a missionary in Africa who at one time was doing great ministry, lots of healing, lots of deliverance and demons and devils and yada, yada, yada. And apparently one night, this particular man is asleep in his room and Satan shows up. And uh, accompanying Satan is this foul odor. And apparently the missionary wakes up and is just completely appalled by the smell and this grotesque figure, whatever it was, in his room. And he turns around as the story goes and he looks at this monster and he says, Oh, it's you. And goes back to sleep. Well, what does the devil do now? Walks out there completely defeated. Right? Completely defeated. It's one of the most uh, glorious stories of, of missionaries that I've heard. It's just, don't give the devil no attention. You want to have a seat? Please. I'm going to sleep for now. You just sit, make yourself a home. You don't bother me. It's like Jesus said there in John, the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. No influence over me. I'm in the image of God. I rule and reign. I choose God. Yeah? You have a seat, Satan. Roll out the carpet and make yourself at home. There's some fruit in the fridge. Help yourself. I'm sleeping. And that kind of an attitude, oh my gosh. You're a spiritual giant by sleeping. Y'all get also uptight and edgy. Oh, Satan's here. We've got to shun and rebuke and throw oil. And you just get all weird. Just sometimes sleep. You got some problems? Go sleep. Yeah, I get that also from the message. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Like sometimes you just need to lay down, sleep. Like it says in the psalm, he gives it. Satan shows up, just help yourself to what's on the table. I love it. That attitude is an overcomer. Can you agree with me? I love it. Number seven, engage your new spirit in conjunction with your will to celebrate God's person with other disciples in testimony, in song, and in communion. Do this more than merely once a week. Number eight, engage your new spirit in conjunction with your will to be actively conversant with God in practical matters, especially in your daily work or your studies or your chores. Choose to talk to God. Choose to set your mind on the things of the Spirit. You choose. Number nine, engage your new spirit in conjunction with your will to turn any awareness in your senses into conversation with God. When you sense your breathing, then use it as a way to pray. When you see things, choose to engage God through what you see. When you hear things, oh, there's a bird, then 
choose to say, Lord, praise you that you care for birds. How much more valuable am I? Like you got to choose, right? So I say here that breathing, seeing, hearing, feeling, doing, it becomes prayer. Even sleeping or awake, working or resting, everything becomes a way of prayer. That is, you're walking now in the presence of God, but you cultivate God's presence. He's already here. You choose to acknowledge, engage. Yeah? I hope we understand each other. Engage your new spirit in conjunction with your will to simply enjoy God and faith. Do not wait for circumstances to dictate your enjoyment of God. By faith, rather stir your spirit to touch God in an enjoying way that is beyond the attempt to have Him explain Himself. Just let God be. On the right, I got a few paragraphs and uh, we're done. Did some of this make sense? Good. Okay, on the right hand here. There's a raging war between the flesh of man and the spirit of man filled with the Holy Spirit. It is up to the will of man to choose which prompting to obey. The Spirit of God on this side is flooding your spirit. Say, come, choose us, life. Then there's Satan over here that is using your flesh. Hey, choose me, the world, sin, Satan, self. Come over hither. Your will is is like the hinges on the door that swings this way or swings that way. It's up to the will to choose which prompting to obey. The mind of man will not experience the anointing of strength initially to go the spirit way. Likewise, the feelings of man will not initially receive the anointing of strength to go the spirit way. God's anointing of power and strength will come to the submissive and cooperative will first for the choosing of the spirit way. Thereafter, the spirit will enlighten the mind and fortify the emotion. Then I say here that man cannot will himself into salvation or spiritual matters independent of the wooing spirit. And that's the balancing word I wanted to bring, is that, no, you did not choose God. Rather, you responded to the choosing. But how did you respond? By choosing back. Right? But you can't will yourself into spiritual matters. You respond yourself into spiritual matters. Am I clear? So I say, when you do spiritual things outside of the wooing of the Spirit, the prompting of the Spirit, this is how you become religionized. When you just make up stuff because you think this is what God wants, and then you will yourself to arrive at that stuff you made up, in the end you find yourself not spiritual, but super pharisaical, religious, self righteous and condemning of those who are not like you. But a spiritual person also has to use his will, but in conjunction with the prompting of the Holy Spirit. 
So I just wanted to clarify that sentence. We've spoken at length already about this. I say the will is to be the first responder in the being of man when the Spirit hover over a man for the Lord's purposes. When God knocks at the door of your heart, as we say, and He woos you, and God burdens you, your choice responds. This is how you live the spiritual life, by choosing. I said here that the yielding of the will to God is not bondage, beloved. It is a blessing. The will of man is the biggest pursuit of God in the conquest of man. This is the thing that God would like to conquer in your being, is that you would choose. Be active in your choice towards God. I say also here that unbelief is not a problem of your intellect, it's an issue of your will. And then I have a quote here by a lady. She says, um, God never burglarizes the human will. He may long to come in and help, but He will never cross the picket line of your unwillingness.